0: Today I am joined by Julia Jordan Kamanda, who is a singer, songwriter, and music educator. She founded J3 Music Studios, where she specializes in teaching kids about music and creativity as well as their parents and talking about creative parenting and how you connect with your children through artistic expression. Julia is also a children's book author and she has two books out, introducing musical concepts to kids. Julia and I talk today about how to parent and stay creative and connected to your creativity during a pandemic. Um, helping her daughter deal with some new anxiety since the murder of George Floyd and what it's like to live in a mixed family during this time, and also a bit about her work with her husband called the Creative Arts Initiative in Sierra Leone, where they empower young orphan girls through creativity. Hi, Julia! Hi, Julia! (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. I'm fine. Everything's fine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine.
1: <laughs> kids are home
0: all the time. I love them, but it's a lot. How old are your kids now?
1: Uh, Sicani so is turning eight, and Sienna is nine and a half. Oh wow! I know. Oh my it god, went really that's fast. Big. Yeah, <laughs> we're just going with the flow. We're gonna go right. with the punches here.
0: Yeah. So we met uh when you were fourteen. Right. And I was nine. That's right. That so was we fun. were in Tada together, Tada Youth Theater Ensemble in New York City.
1: Yep.
0: And I remember I like I was in complete awe of you. Like I what? thought Yes, we were in this musical theater group and we were all singing and dancing, but you were the only one writing music. And I thought that was amazing. And I had not started writing at that point when we met. Okay. Um, But it was actually that year I started writing music for the first time. So I- When you were nine?
1: Yeah. You started
0: writing music? I love that. How old were you when you started?
1: Oh, when I picked up a guitar. I mean, which was 14, 15. Oh, so that's right when
0: you started too? It was
1: right when I started.
0: I'm just surprised that that's when you started because I I remember the song that you wrote when you were 14. Like I actually like I could sing it for you right now. I just remember this song. Do you really remember that? I do. Because do you want to hear? it. Can I hear it? I want to hear it. And when I dream of you, I only dream a shadow. Da-na-na,
1: da-na-na. That's exactly
0: how it went. I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, I remember it. Well, first of all, it sounds like oh, a professional pop song, you know, like the fact that you wrote that when you were 14 and it was just a your first, you know, right. your first year of writing. But I was just, right. I mean, I was just like, oh. this is the real thing. She knows what it. she's doing and I want to do this. I mean, that was part of it too, obviously. I
1: love that.
0: So that was just to say, I've, uh, you were really like one of my early role models and inspirations
1: as a kid. That's really cool to know.
0: Yeah. So I'd love to hear kind of how you're doing since the pandemic started. We are doing, um, surprisingly well, um,
1: because for one thing, we've been really lucky that like work didn't actually change all that much for either one of us what changed for my husband is that um what he does like on a regular basis his film his film is his is art and his love and his his spirit um but he also runs a non in Sierra Leone that right. delivers microloan grants and is developing this children's community in the village there and so he travels a lot he's gone for long stretches of time. And right now that hasn't been happening, which has been amazing. So for us, it's actually been really nice because he's been home Mm -hmm. and he's been trying to run that from here. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I, you know, I think we're also kind of like go with the flow sort of people. So what we did pretty much about a week after our kids were sent home in March, mid-March, he looked at me and he said, we need a green screen. And I was like, (laughs) <laughs> okay but like can we find like an inexpensive one like <laughs> do we really need one like I didn't really quite grasp so we went onto Amazon and like within a week ordered a green screen and a lighting kit mm-hmm. and then turned our studio into like a play space for like pretending we're flying over buildings and we brought the kids down and we'd be all on our pjs just like you know my son's like sitting here at the at the computer like hitting record and hitting stop and he was like our little audio engineer and Sienna was on camera with her mic and we were just like (laughs) making videos and just sort of passing on our love for just this creative space that we were all of a sudden given to our kids and it was just so rewarding like to see how excited they got to do that work with us so you know in that regard i feel like our spirits were have been satisfied like we've been feeling Snug Uh together and safe yeah you know it's starting to feel a little bit more heavy we like are very aware of world events and we're very world aware of what's going on um, just like within the black community and between certain black communities certain white communities and just a lot of the tensions that are going on and as a mixed family there's a lot of tension around those conversations because our kids are just at the age where they're becoming aware of right. what is popping on the news and what they're hearing on NPR. So, you know, we've been experiencing anxiety, um, in particular with our nine-year-old. She really has a lot of worries yeah. all of a sudden that have started. Um So parenting has become really real for us recently. Yeah. Having difficult conversations with our kids that we realize some of our friends down the street don't need to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Or they're coming up when they feel like it. Or they're able to sugarcoat certain things that are going on in the country that we feel like we really can't. Right. So long answer to say things have been okay, but you know, there's a lot. And so it's, it's, it weighs heavy. Um, So the creativity is drying up a little bit, you know, it's just real, you know, the day to day, you know, we're not sleeping as much, which I've been hearing from a lot of people, like just like poor sleep. It's really hard to focus. So that's, is that what you're experiencing too?
0: Yeah. How do you know when it's time to talk about these issues and, and How do you navigate, you know, keeping them safe, keeping them feeling safe, but also being aware of what dangers they might face? I mean, they're still really little. We just
1: decided as a couple early on that we would always be honest with our kids. Mm -hmm. So as they're asking questions, we're answering them. And we're answering them at the level that they – like you know, certain histories of situations that we're going through and that we're seeing on the news and that's happening around us. I mean, we live in a pretty mixed conservative, sort of conservative and liberal area in central Pennsylvania. We live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So Mm -hmm. there's areas that are super conservative and, and then downtown, which is much more liberal and super mixed. Now we live just outside of downtown in a slightly different school district. So it one house one family feels one way one family feels another way and um issues related to race are difficult to have you know the conversations related to race are difficult to have with neighbors sometimes mm-hmm. uh yeah. issues with whether or not masks work <laughs> and whether or not we should wear them no. are coming up and yeah and we're like uh, you know and so, and our kids see that. I mean, right. they're like I said, you know, they see those things. My son is much more internal. Like, he sees it, and he stays quiet, and he listens, and he mm-hmm. doesn't really ask a lot. But our daughter is, because she's becoming a little bit more anxious, she's sort of worrying at night. She's having trouble understanding, and so she's asking a lot of questions. You know, when George Floyd died, I think that that was for her. She saw that, and she was like, and of course, we didn't. she didn't see the video. Like, right. that's what I mean. We're not... showing them these things but the conversation is continuing and continuing and continuing because it has to and you know she's experienced racism already at this age on the school bus it happened in kindergarten you know it's happened around her and to her and around us and um, she's heard us talk about how we're gonna handle the conversations that we've found ourselves in here and there and she asks questions and we answer honestly. And yeah. we don't we don't bring it up necessarily. I don't think my husband's planning on having a discussion with our son about, you know, the way he moves through the world.
0: The talk, yeah.
1: I don't think he's planning on doing that yet. Yeah. But um, I can almost guarantee that he will. And, you know, it probably will be at some point when he needs to hear that. But it's heavy. So, it's, so that's what I'm saying. Like parenting has gotten really heavy right, right now. Right. You know, um, so I, we've been trying to leave a lot of space for creativity and space. You know, we, we, start, we have a garden. We've been trying to like create beauty around us, mm-hmm. talk and experience those things so that there's an anchor of love and support and beauty and creativity in their lives all the mm-hmm. time and for us too. Right,
0: right, right, right. Do you mind if I ask? And and also just if there's anything that like I ask that's too personal, just let me know and we'll edit it out. But um, yeah, uh, like what kinds of uh, things is your daughter doing that makes you concerned that she's anxious?
1: She gets really bad stomach aches. Um, She she worries. So she it's like her automatic thinking is that something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, And uh, she kind of panics in these moments where it's like, it's okay, everything's fine. You know, Um, you see her sort of she's been she's been sort of regressing a little bit, like she's been carrying her blanket around, you know, and she's almost 10. You know, she doesn't sleep in her own bedroom. She has an amazing bedroom that we renovated for her ninth birthday and she slept in it a handful of times. She sleeps in her brother's room. And okay. the the reason is because she's afraid something will happen at night and she yeah. will be by herself and she won't know what to do.
0: Right.
1: You know, and talking about, well, if there's a fire, here's what we do. Like talking about the the very pragmatic, like, okay, if you're afraid of what to do, let's talk about it so that you know, like she almost can't handle that conversation. She it like makes her worry more.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um and very emotional.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, just just kind of crying at the drop of a hat, and you know, and and that's that's been coming on recently. She's not sure. always actually, interestingly enough, since school started, it's changed again. Okay, she's much more confident again, and I think a big part of it is that she's at the eight. Like I don't, I don't know. I mean, we were talking about when we met. You were nine, yeah. And I also started at Tdot when I was nine. And just this morning, CN asked me, "Do you remember fourth grade?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, I remember my teacher. I don't remember a lot of school in fourth grade, but right. I remember that that's when I started at Tada.
0: It's a big year.
1: It was. It's a huge year, and yeah, there's so many year. feelings, especially yeah. as a young girl. Like you just yeah. feel a lot. You become so much more aware of yourself, right? Among other people, you become aware of people seeing you and how you come across to people. She's much more aware of like, I make sure I do my hair in the morning." <laughs> you know just these little things like that show a level of awareness that wasn't there even a year ago um so i'm sure a lot of that is sort of going to happen you know there's that kind of happens at this age but um but i i've also realized that she doesn't have an outlet right now and okay. so um we've been really talking to her about what that might be her brother's super into sports if he needs to like remove himself from a situation like he will walk out the door of our house and shoot hoops in the driveway and he's seven like that's he knows
0: great yeah he knows
1: that that's a space he can go where he kind of like lets go of whatever is bothering him and he's in the present moment and i haven't really seen her um find something like that yet i actually she really wanted to start doing musical theater
0: Mm -hmm. right when the
1: pandemic hit like she that she's a theater kid that hasn't yet discovered what that means right, you know, she's totally right. that kid and then the pandemic hit and now right. all these theaters are in jeopardy and a zoom theater class is nothing like what we grew up experiencing no. so it's not really so interesting for her she doesn't really want to do that you know
0: yeah that's tough I mean nine is when I first started exhibiting anxiety symptoms hmm, um, and also when I first started writing music um and mm. also when I joined Tada, <laughs> so it was a right. good year all 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 along, uh, all around. But um, it was interesting. Like those sort of initial anxiety symptoms did pass. Like they did sort okay. of. Like I That's had a to period. Know. Yeah, I mean, I had a period where I was I was almost like OCD in in mm. my behaviors, and it was right after mm. my my uncle died. Um mm. and um. They, they did subside um, and then they came back again uh, for, <laughs> after 9-11, oh, which yeah, we were, sure. yeah. Um,
1: I mean, you lived right there. Didn't yeah. you live right there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I that must have of, been hard.
0: It was, and you, I mean, you were, you were young too.
1: Well, I that. had, but I graduated high school that year. Oh, okay, So, so I had older. actually just left the city to go to college. So I had a different experience of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, how do you, obviously, I know nothing about parenting, but um, how do you kind of navigate, like, when you, like, I don't want to say take it seriously, but like, Mm -hmm. like when you, when you sort of give your child space to kind of have a difficult period that Uh can pass because this is a difficult time. Uh And when you think like, okay, maybe there's like an underlying issue here that needs to be addressed. Like, how do you even think about that?
1: That's a good question. So the thing about parenting is you don't know the answer to anything, you just (laughs) kind of like, you just go with it and like every day, you know, different manifestations of yourself, different manifestations of your kids. And so, you know, she, um, right now, I think that she's she's really smart. I think that she is self-aware beyond her years also, but she's not emotionally ready to understand the level of understanding that she has of the world. Right. So she's taking in all of this information and she just doesn't know what to do with yeah. it. Yeah. Um. So I, she's always been someone who thinks ahead and who sort of goes, but what if this happens? And then what if that happens? And what if that happens? So, it, you know, she's sort of, her brain sort of lends itself to thinking beyond what's in front of her and going, right. what about this? What about that? And making all these connections. But she tends to, right now, she's finding a lot of sort of scary and negative connections and possibilities sure. in her world. Right. And so I think we're taking it as a phase because it's heavy and because we're already seeing it change a bit since she's been able to leave the house as like an independent person again for the first time in six months. And be with friends. I mean, they wear masks all day. But her class thinned out so much. There's only 12 kids in the class. They can't play at recess and they can't sit. But her best friend is in her class and they just happen to be sitting right next to each other. So there's all this... Stuff that, like, finally she's getting that yeah. she really needed. That we're already seeing a lot of the behaviors change back into more positive. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it got really heavy there for a little bit, and we just felt like we didn't know what to do to help her, right? How to help her manage those feelings that were coming in so strongly. Um, you know, and I think about my experience at Tara at that age. And I think about how, what it has meant to me to have an outlet. And I've been sort of trying to help her find that, so I, I try to find th- things that she loves to do, like singing, like she loves to sing, but she won't mm-hmm. sing with me because she thinks I'm judging her, which makes me so sad because I'm oh. totally not. <laughs> like I, I really not, you know, like, right. I'm like I'm like girl, just go downstairs and sing, like whatever. But I also know that I'm not someone who can practice if I think anybody can hear me, like to this day, which is yeah. why having a room like this is so important. I can close my door, right. I can just play.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, so she might, mm. I don't know, I think she'll find it, but it's a good question. I don't I don't know the answer to that. I don't know yeah. when you start thinking like, okay, maybe this is more of a chronic thing because she's still only nine. So yeah. it's like, I think it'll manifest in different ways
0: over the years. Yeah, you'll just keep your eye on it. And it, it sounds like, yeah. you know, I mean, I think... Yeah, having creative outlets and and helping her figure out what she wants to do and and how she wants to express herself. Right. That's so important. Right. Yeah. So, um, how do like what do you think the relationship is between kind of processing, you know, world events or your personal life? and expressing it through a creative outlet. Like what does that do for you? I'm
1: sort of one of those people that processes and actually does something with the feelings like after the fact. So it's been actually really difficult for me to find the creative space inside of my body and heart to actually like make my music. But to be, but also that has been a pattern ever since I had kids.
0: Mm.
1: Like, I feel like, I feel like create like, and I really, I, I mean, this might sound really airy fairy. I have no idea. I lived in Sedona for a really long time. So I'm super new agey about certain things. But like, I feel like, um, I feel like becoming a parent, especially when you, and and I'm sure there's lots of different ways this manifests in all the different ways you can become a parent. But for me, physically, literally growing people inside my body and then having those people, like, become their own people and putting all of my, I feel like all my creative energy went into that. Yeah. It's like the moment I found out I was pregnant for the first time, I, like, this, like, fog settled over my brain Mm -hmm. and I couldn't quite remember like what I was supposed to do today and like how did that melody go and like all of these things just like they were gone Mm -hmm. and um I've been struggling with that reality since I had kids I mean my creative juices have been going into my kids yeah you know um so here we are in this crazy time and I feel ready to put creative energy back into myself again
0: mm-hmm. how long has it been then since you've written your own music because you have a lot yeah. of music online that you've written
1: i do and i don't okay. so uh in 2007 which was really a long time ago now was when i was in la and like really pushing a lot of my music 2007 through th- 2010 roughly mm-hmm. You know I had a lot of friends at room five who are our, yeah. our mutual friends now who were playing at Santa Monica and get, getting their bands together and we were right. meeting once a month to jam and to connect and to share songs we were writing and there was this cool creative energy that was around you know becoming um, an artist right and that was what I really wanted and um but Los Angeles is a little, it's, 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 it's hard for that. Like, it just became so much about getting people to come to shows that I, mm-hmm. it's like so much energy went into that. Would I get paid at the end of the night? Right. I don't know. It was a lot of that. Um, so it just, like, I lost, it wasn't fun. So yeah. during that, after a while, it just wasn't fun anymore. And so during that time, uh, that's when a lot of the music that's online is from that time. Okay. Um, since then, I've actually written a lot of songs. I've actually written a lot of songs, but I but people haven't really heard them. Okay. So that's sort of something I'm grappling with a little bit. Like, what am I waiting on? What what do I have to lose? You know, I'm my yeah. my kids are amazing. My family's awesome. But there is the, sort of this. I don't want to let myself down. To be honest with you, I think there's a lot of sort of an internal like dialogue going on about that. Like. what if people don't like it like i I didn't used to think that much about that Mm -hmm. but just sort of and you know and i say what if people don't like it and that's actually not really what's in my head it's really more like what if i put out my music and whatever i'm expecting which i can't even put my finger on doesn't happen
0: in that time you started j3 music studios well so you started your own company. Oh yeah, that's right. And you also yeah. didn't you also co-found uh, a company with your husband? Right. So that's you... true. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that reminder. You know, yeah. I, I guess
1: I sort of like you know, it's like in my head they're like in these different cat like different boxes. Sure. You know, um, so truth, yes. My creativity has been, I've been sort of entrepreneurial and yes. that's also a seriously creative act that for, yeah. for a long time, I didn't actually see it that way. I thought it was like a means to an end. Like this is a service I know I can provide. I basically offer music lessons and classes locally.
0: Yeah.
1: And my studio grew really fast and it became the coolest, sp- like this is the space. And my students would walk in here and feel safe to express and, like, create whatever they needed to create that day. And, you know, I was able and have been able to provide that for a while. Um, And, uh, but, you know, there's sort of that, like, little, that little, like, voice in the back of your head, like, what about your music? What about your music? What about your music? You know, and that is, it is different. And it also requires a different level of energy. I also tend to think that, like, you know, by having paints and putting our children in front of the paints is like our way of staying connected to creativity. And in some ways it is because what you're doing is you're passing on, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a love for the process of using paints in the canvas to your kids. But that's not your art. Right. That's that's their art. Right. Right. And so um, it really starts with remembering that your art is just as important as their art Mm. and even if you have never really sat down to make art but you've always had that voice right you don't even know what that looks like like what does it even mean what is my art well you don't know until you just start throwing some paints up there there are people walking around myself included who have that little voice in the back of our minds and in particular, I'm thinking about parents, but this yeah. really goes for anybody who feels right. this way. Um, there's that little voice going, you know, pick up your guitar again, you know, start writing that novel you've been thinking about, you know, these little whispers of reminders of our yeah. true selves. Right. And when you become a parent, it's like you you stop listening to that. Mm-hmm. Because so many other things seem so much more important all of a sudden, you know? And like, it's like if you don't put your family and your kids first all the time, it's like, well, you know, well, maybe, and this is just me also, and maybe not everybody feels this way. But the truth of the matter is that when I take that time for my creative self, yeah, even if it's just a little bit here and there, yeah. I become a better parent because I'm honoring who I am and I'm also modeling for my kids how to be more authentically themselves. Right. You know? And so I've been thinking really a lot about this idea of what it means to creatively parent and to be a creative parent, like someone who intentionally is honoring the the creative with a capital C inside themselves, intentionally to find a deeper connection to themselves. Um, but also to find a deeper connection to their families because they're more present with their families when they do that.
0: So how do you set those boundaries as a parent and, and when do you set those boundaries and how? That's
1: that's a super good question. Um, It's really, really hard to do that. Yeah. Um, I think part of it is like recognizing that you need to, there's like a point where you go like, okay, I need this. I need this for myself and I need it for my kids. But it starts with myself because if I can be present with myself, then I can be more present for others. So um, there are a few things that like are really important. One is to actually create a physical space in your home, specifically for your own creative connection to whatever it is that you are hearing in the back of your voice. So even if it's a space that is a multi-purpose space, Mm -hmm. You know, by eight o'clock when the kids go to bed, this table is clear so that from eight to 10, this is my zone. Sometimes it's about creating space in the body. So Mm -hmm. sometimes like if you were always one of those kids that like was like a kinesthetic learner, like you were someone who ran or did a lot of sports or somebody who like needed to move your body all the time. Yeah. Then then exercise is a really good way. Like having space in your body is a really good place to start getting up and just running around the block once some people need to create space in their minds so some people aren't sleeping because their minds are racing about all the what-ifs and all the scary things and all the unknowns finding ways to create space in your mind can look like mindfulness can look Mm -hmm. like five minutes of meditation throughout the day um i actually have like a corner in my bedroom that is basically my hiding spot yeah Okay. I call it my peace corner uh-huh. and it's just got like a little cushion. And if you walk into the door of the bedroom, you can't see me if I'm sitting there. So there are times in the day where I either yell or I go, I'll be right back. <laughs> <And I> disappear. <laughs> <Excuse me. laughs> Excuse me. We'll talk about this in five minutes. Yeah. And I disappear and I go sit and I just take some deep breaths. And those yeah. deep breaths start out really shallow, <laughs> and then they get deeper and deeper, and then I sort of go like, oh, "Okay, all right, I got to get back to dinner because it will burn." And then I like, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> and I, but it's it's sort of the intention of like, you know, going to a space that right. creates space in my mind in those moments. That's yeah. why I say having a physical space is so important, right. and then also communicating to your family what you need and what you're doing and why it's important. Mm -hmm. And at first it sounds really hard to express. Mm -hmm. No, I can't play with you because I'm, you know, thinking. I'm thinking right now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, I'm spacing out. I'm in my right. head right now. I can't play, you know what I mean? Like whatever right. it is that you need to do for your creativity, right. which oftentimes looks like spacing out. And that's mm-hmm. fine. It actually, you need to, you need to do a lot of spacing out as we know. Yeah. Um, you need to like put yourself into that silent space where the story comes into your head, where the melody right. appears, where whatever, there has to be that space. Right. There's also developing a habit of going into that space Um, and then there's also like intentionally when you're ready looking for a community of others the community of people who um, are also in love with the same art that you are also love to take bird walks with their cameras you know also love to paint on the weekends you know and finding that there's like a lot of us out there who are who need to express to feel whole one habit that I'm working on cultivating right now is waking up earlier. Mm-hmm. When I wake up one hour before my kids, that hour is mine alone. <laughs> and it's quiet and it's still slightly dark and nothing has started yet. And my mind is empty. Yeah. There's not a lot of creativity, like productive creativity that happens sure. for me in that time. But that is the silence that I need to right. find the space that I then will use later. To, for my productive creativity.
0: Since the pandemic, you you've been hosting kind of like Zoom parenting, uh creative consulting. Like, can you talk a little yeah. bit? Yeah,
1: we talk about the challenges of what it means to be a creative in a pandemic, where yeah. maybe you're not someone who can, like myself, who's able to process. A lot of these big feelings right now my secret mission within doing this creative parenting calls was to find a community
0: yes yeah you know i
1: didn't really have one yeah so i'm fine i'm like seeking it out by creating it myself i'm like well anyone else want (laughs) to come yeah absolutely and there it was you know from there i found some incredible people who came to me and said hey do you do like one-on-one coaching sessions And I'm like, "Ah, heck yeah, you know, and it's not (laughs) something I'd done before. I mean, I teach and mostly it's young musicians, but I truly see everyone as a musical or a creative being.
0: I saw you wrote on your The Music Mommy blog Mm -hmm. um, that your husband sometimes works in the closet. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: When he wrote Saleh, which was uh, a film, a short film that he wrote that uh, he ended up writing and directing Flew to Sierra Leone with what little equipment he had. Basically trained all of his crew and his actors because everyone was from the village where his grandmother's from. He sort of just told everyone what he wanted them to do. Came home with all this footage. Yeah. And then edited it all together and won a bunch of awards for it. And he wrote that in the closet when my daughter was, our daughter was, like, firstborn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he. by the time she was three months, he went to Sierra Leone for two months and shot wow. shot that. Like, he's the creative who needs to disappear from all things for a significant amount of time that, like, you know, when you have a family and you want to just go into that closet whenever you feel like it and stay there for right. three hours. Like, that doesn't always really actually right. that never actually meshes right. so right. he struggles with his own habits because right. that's how he creates
0: you yeah, know that's hard that's it's hard.
1: really hard it, it's really hard it's a struggle
0: can you talk about your, your work together and your, your company? It's not a company so much as
1: it's, a, it's an initiative that we've been developing over many years, starting in 2010. And it's, we work on it and we pull back from it and we work on it just like the creative process. Yeah. It's called the Creative Arts Initiative. Okay. Um, it started as um, a workshop program for teenage girls in the village of Kabbalah, which is where Ali's grandmother and a lot of his family uh, lives to this day where his organization is based. And we basically um, would do these two-week creative arts programs where we invited young women to um, do a photography workshop where they would take pictures of their world and stand up and speak to what these photographs meant to them. Uh, we did a poetry workshop. It's been developing over many years. And so now he his big project is uh, Mama Land Children's Community. There are seven oh, really sweet and incredible, and I'm gonna get choked up talking about them, young girls uh, from the ages of about five till about 12 or 13 that um, we've been taken care of. I say we, but it's really been more my husband and his business partner, Devin, who is incredible, and um, his family, and they built a home for these girls. These are girls who were orphaned during Ebo- when Ebola went through Sierra Leone. So. They actually took these girls in. They found house mothers to take care of them. They pay for them to go to school. And over the years, um, they've decided um, to open this up to more and more children who are in need in the area and be able to create a program that allows them to develop the skills that they need to get get out of the village, but then with the mind to take what they learned to come back to help the village Mm -hmm. that they're from. So the idea is every few years to take in another group of 10 girls from a pretty young age, and then, you know, they move through these homes, we pay for them to go to school, and the Creative Arts Initiative is the enrichment program that sort of pulls the whole thing together with an eye of using the creative arts to strengthen the English language because hmm. there, English is the, the official language of the, com- of the country.
0: Okay.
1: It's the language of education, it's the language in government. You need to have a strong grasp of English, both speaking and writing, to really, you know, be able to do much, to move hmm. higher and higher. Okay. So the idea is to use creative writing to strengthen the English I, language. Yeah. You know, what is that story you remember your grandmother telling? Mm -hmm. let's write it down and then let's talk about grammar and let's talk about the spelling and let's talk about so um, you know ways of self-expression with the mind of like strong strong women with a strong sense of self um, who have a strong grasp of the language that will help them get ahead so that's what the mission of the creative arts initiative will be now as we are developing the mama land community
0: And why were these girls orphaned?
1: A variety of reasons. I mean, um, Ebola was so, I mean, we talk about the pandemic that the world is dealing with now. Ebola was a gruesome version of this. Um, If you were in contact, physical contact with anybody who had it, you were, you know, very likely to get it and very likely to die from it. Then there were villages closer down that started taking in the kids who lost parents because it's a commute, you know, it's about each one teach one. It's about, you know, taking care of the people around you. The village raises the child, not just the parents. So when there are children like that in need, villages were taking in, but then the resources for those villages were just, there weren't enough.
0: Okay,
1: You know, and... Um, It was a very difficult process for them to sort of decide who to take in initially. Mm. Um, But over a number of years, they they started with one little girl, Kumba, who is incredible. And I just cannot wait to see what she does with her life because she is made of fire. So when we were there for six months, we... um, I helped out with the with the girls. Um, my kids actually went to their enrichment instead of going to school. They my kids went and st- studied every afternoon with them during their mm-hmm. tutoring time, and they're all my kids' age. So it was just a great experience for yeah. us all to our kids to be immersed in the culture, for myself to be immersed in the culture. I'm not obviously not from there. It's very different,
0: um, and yeah, it was great. So you have your family, and then you have this kind of extended family, yeah. too, oh, in Sierra yes. Leone. yeah, It's a lot of people to take care of. It is.
1: <laughs> it is. And I think my husband feels that pressure a lot. You know, he feels a really strong sense of yeah. wanting to give back yeah. to Sierra Leone and to his family's community. And it's really important. So the back and forth is hard for us as a family for because he does the back and forth and we're here most right. of the time but it's really necessary
0: so if listeners want to find you and listen yeah. to your how, how, where can we find you
1: well i'm on instagram and facebook of course you can find me at the music mommy um and my website is juliajk.com and you know there's like a blog there's yeah. music there's videos there's Classes. I'm starting my my string of fall classes. In fact, one of the classes that we're doing right now is um, family guitar. So since everything's mm-hmm. virtual, I was like, "What about all those parents who said they secretly wished that they played guitar and they're signing their kids up for guitar lessons?" I was like, "Well, why don't you guys just join me?" You know, like that's
0: great, right? Yeah. So
1: so that starts September 16th. It's going to be on Thursday evenings, and it's like for all ages, for like anyone in the household who wants to like kind of bond with their loved ones over learning the guitar and or ukulele, because we can actually do both. There's still some spots if anyone wants to join us. Thank you so much for having me and creating this space and I'll see you again soon. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love you girl. See ya. Bye.
0: I'm very excited for Julia to embark on this reconnection to her own music making and I think it's so wonderful that she has created this community for herself through Zoom to connect with other parents. I'm really grateful that Julia was so open with me about the anxiety that her daughter is facing right now. And I know that she is doing what my parents did to help me when I was started exhibiting anxiety behaviors at nine, which is helping me find a creative outlet. You know, my parents did enroll me in ta theater <laughs> when I was nine and did encourage me to play music, and that really did help. It helped me feel better. And so it's great to hear that Julia and her husband are encouraging their children to express themselves creatively as a way of processing this very difficult time period. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Loose Leaf Notebook. I'm Julia Adolph, and the music you are hearing is my orchestral work, Dark Sand Sifting Light, performed by the New York Philharmonic with Alan Gilbert conducting. If you'd like to hear some more of my music, you can visit my website at juliaadolph.com or my YouTube channel, which also has video versions of all of these podcasts. Thanks again!